0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International.
1: Do you really want to know the truth, or
0: is your mind already made up? Stop blaming me, and the church, and God, and do your job. Next on Life Today, authors Lee and Leslie Strobel tell their true story portrayed in film. As a legal editor for the Chicago Tribune and an atheist, Lee set out to prove the resurrection of Jesus was false until he was captivated by the truth.
1: Welcome to Life Today, I'm Randy Robinson, Sheila Walsh is with me, and boy, we are excited today because we have Leslie and Lee Strobel, and for those of you who may not know, Lee was an award-winning journalist with the Chicago Tribune, when his, he was also an atheist, and his wife became a Christian. And he, being the good journalist he was, decided he was going to uh, do a little research on this guy, Jesus Christ, and prove the resurre- resurrection was false. And as a result, he became a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Would you welcome Lee? Good to be here. Thank you. So yeah. good for you to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, and there's one, one other thing before we get into the case for Christ and uh, some other issues with that. You guys are... What are you friends or not friends? I, I don't I understand. I refer to what's Lee on Twitter on as the
2: best friend I've never met.
1: That's right.
3: That's because right.
2: Because we, yeah, we texted back, and we, you know, we've you've let me know when you had a book out or different things, but yeah. we would never actually met.
3: You had met Leslie, but yes. ne- we'd never met, and nope. so we prayed for each other, yes. and we'd connect. And so six years ago, when I was very ill and almost died, um, I had to have an MRI. And uh, I was really nervous, because I was very ill. And uh, so I I tweeted directly to uh, Sheila, and I said, would you pray for me? And she said, yes. So uh, they're putting me into this machine, and it's very loud, so they give you earphones, and they switch it to some random radio station. And then they slide you into this machine. And as soon as they slid me in the machine, a song from Sheila Walsh came on. Really? And it was like God saying, Sheila's got you covered. (laughs) It's like like any friend of Sheila's a friend of mine. uh, uh, Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. What's
1: funny is is, is that there's a level of of closeness spiritually here, and you're just now today meeting her. We just met for the first time today.
3: And that was so important because here I am. I'm literally in there, and it was as if God was saying, I'm hearing the prayers for you, and I just want this song to minister to you. And, you know, he healed me of my illness and everything's that. fine, but uh, that was amazing. It kind of speaks
2: to the next book you're actually writing, The Case for Miracles, but we'll tell you about that yeah. at the end. <laughs> but did you have any idea when this book, because I remember the first time I read the, the Case for Christ. It had such a huge impact. And not only that, it, I felt it gave me... It was like an apologetic for ordinary people who wanted to share their faith. Mm. Uh But did you have any idea it was gonna become this phenomenal movie success?
3: No, because it was published originally, we've updated it recently, but it was published originally in 1998, and back then the rap was that books on apologetics, which is evidence for the faith, don't sell. I was shocked when the publisher said they wanted to publish it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, one of the um, scholars I interviewed said to me uh, privately, he said, nobody's gonna read your book. <laughs> and I said, why not? He said, well, young people especially don't care about evidence for the faith. And mm-hmm. I went home to Leslie, I said, nobody's gonna read my book, I'm wasting my time. And, and, and how many How many of this sold today? Oh, or, you know, um, Ballpark? over 10 million. Over 10 million. And, oh, uh, but but the interesting it. thing was it was young people, 16 through 24 yeah. year olds yeah. who came to faith largely yeah. through the book, it, young people are interested. They wanna know, does this make sense? Is yep. it credible? Does it add up? Mm-hmm. Is it rational? Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately for us, it is. You know, he's such a, a strong voice for the, for the faith, but he wasn't always
1: that
4: way.
2: Well, we have a clip from the movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Case for Christ, then you really must. It's, it's a phenomenal movie. But um, this is one of the most pivotal moments in the film. Take a, take a look at this. So I went to church.
1: And I don't know exactly how it happened, but <laughs>
5: I felt something, and so I went again tonight. And I know this is going to be weird to hear because it's weird to say, but I prayed.
4: So what are you what are you telling me, Les?
1: I'm saying that I talked to Jesus. I I told him I want him in my life.
2: You what? Why, why would you?
5: Hey, stay with me, hun. This is a good thing. It's- what did this Alfie woman say to you? It was my decision, okay? I will accept it. You don't get to accept it. I'm not asking, I, 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 I'm sh- telling sh- you what happened and you're not sh- sh- hearing me. Sh- okay. Listen, hun. it's me. This is me talking to you, it's me. Honestly. This is something that I think I've been thinking for a long time, and I just haven't been able to, to say anything because of who you are.
4: Oh, are you kidding me, Les? And I
5: know this is a lot. A lot?
4: And a lot, you dropped this on me. What does that even mean? Well,
5: I don't know what it means, but I know it's a good thing for no. me, for us. No, yes. okay, uh, okay, yes.
2: this is not us, Leslie. Whatever this is, okay, it is not us. Wow, that's, it's a pretty powerful moment in the film, but Leslie, what was that actually like for you in reality?
5: Well, I mean, that portrays it really well. Um, it, it was walking on eggshells on, in your own home all the time, waking up not knowing what the mood would be for that day and just praying that God would give me the grace to get through it. Were there ever moments when you just
2: thought, this, the cost is too great here because yeah. it's going to cost me my marriage?
5: You know, no, because what I was feeling was beyond anything I'd ever experienced. My relationship with Jesus Christ was so... Um, life-changing. How do you describe mm-hmm. it? That I wanted to share it with Lee and I wanted him to have that. It was just figuring out how to make him understand that he needed it.
1: <laughs> that <laughs> was the struggle. I think it's interesting that, that you said, no, this was
3: not going to cost you your marriage. That's not what you were thinking, is it? Well, you know, when this happened and this scene, as she says, pretty accurate. Uh, the first word that went through my mind was divorce. Um, you know, I was a not just an atheist, I was a narcissist, I was a drunk, I was a immoral living, self-absorbed atheist. And um, I didn't want Leslie changing. I wanted the old Leslie back. This was bait and switch. I didn't sign up for this. And the first word that went through my mind was divorce. In fact, I I went outside. um, You saw me leave at the end of that scene, and uh, I was going to mow the lawn. And she had just planted this beautiful flower garden, and I mowed it down. (laughs) I'm (laughs) passive-aggressive.
2: So what shifted from that to, okay, I'm going to prove to you that this is not true?
3: Well... um, there were a lot of things that Leslie did uh, that were attractive and winsome in this. She, she made some mistakes, which she admits, you know, putting... Tracks in uh, socks. Yeah, tracks in my socks. Liding <laughs> on the
5: mirror in the oh, bathroom. So,
3: yeah. <laughs> but she also did a lot right. She loved me even though I was obnoxious. Mm. She um, um, prayed for me every day, even though I didn't know it at the time. But that made a huge difference. And so um, I found that attractive. But at the same time, I wanted to rescue her from this cult that she'd gotten involved in. (laughs) So I was kind of a push and pull sort of thing. And when I finally, she invited me to church. And and I said, I'm going to go because my hope was to get her out of this cult. And I went and I heard the gospel for the first time. And that's when I said, "Okay, I don't believe it. But if it's true, it has huge implications for my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I decided to take my journalism training and legal training and systematically investigate uh, the resurrection because that's the linchpin of the Christian faith. And that that
1: that is, again, while we've got The Case for Christ, which is one really one of those hallmark books that uh, you know, if you're looking for something to build your own faith, if you're looking for something to share your faith, The Case for Christ is, is definitely one you need to read. But this dynamic of what's going on between the two of you when she has accepted Christ, you are full out rejecting him. Not only is the topic of of a book you've written called Spiritual Mismatch, but it's a dynamic that unfortunately we see in marriages and in parents and children, uh, other family members, friends, even coworkers. Help us get through this situation where... Yeah. We, know, we want to share our faith. Someone's maybe not receptive or even hostile. How do, how is the best way from your experience? How is the best
3: way to go about that? Well, I think especially in a mismatched marriage where you have a husband and wife, or uh, one's a skeptic or one's maybe uh, sort of a spiritual neutral, and the other one's growing spiritually or whatever, you have this disparity, and there's so much conflict that comes into it. The the turmoil in a marriage is so deep, and, and the reasons are, um, you know, I mean, I could speak from the atheist from this non-believer's perspective. I was jealous of Jesus. Because now all of a sudden who is this man who she's looking up to and worshiping and you know I thought I was the man in her life but, you, know? you didn't believe he was real I but yet there was still a Joe, that's very exactly right. and then and then there's something subtle that happens the more she pursued a life of holiness the more she pursued a life of, of uh, following Christ and and biblical uh, values <sighs> the more it was like she was holding up a mirror and I was seeing my life in contrast to hers and it was highlighting the corrosion of sin in my soul and and so she wasn't being judgmental toward me I was just seeing this in contrast and it made me mad because I thought thought of myself as a great guy and and yet the truth was my I was I was uh you know corrupted and corroded by sin so um, those kind of emotions and then I was afraid she was going to spill secrets about me in her prayer rooms, you, know, <laughs> you know, pray for my husband, he's drunk again last night, you know, oh, yes. and uh, and I didn't know what if she turned the kids um, against me, yeah. what if it became mom and the kids against dad, are they going to not respect me as her father because yeah. uh, poor dad's not, you're not a Christian, yeah. so there are all these things that go on and then she of course has experienced her own emotions but Um, I think the key from my perspective what you did you built on three relationships And that's what made all the difference to me
5: well and for me personally, it was building my relationship with God because I needed him every day in the guiding of the spirit just to help me navigate my, my life with him. Um, he'd come home from work. I had no idea what it was gonna be like. So Christ would just help me calm my spirit and pursue loving him uh, in a way that, you know, would keep things calm and happy in the home. Uh, the other thing I would do is just uh, build my relationship with him because we got married for a reason. We loved each other and I did, I wanted to, the marriage to work. I wanted us to still be able to have a life together. So I tried to not allow the spiritual side to uh, break everything apart, but build on the things we like to do, which was to go out and have good weekend trips. And that even though it meant not going to church, uh, you know, I knew that this was more important to him. So I just would let that go. Building a relationship with my mentor. And in the movie, her name is Alfie. In real life, her name was Linda. She was there to help me see that the tracks and the socks wasn't the way to go, <laughs> but, but prayer was probably more important and lovingly, even though he wasn't particularly lovable. But she always reminded me, you know, Leslie, now you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have a greater vision of what's going on. And Lee's only looking through a very narrow window here. He doesn't understand the big picture, you do. So that helped me to, to see that, that's right, I understand that there's a whole spiritual realm here he doesn't understand, and so God's given me that ability to love him despite myself because the old Leslie would have just dug in her heels and gotten into the, a fight with him. Now I knew how to calm the waters and you know, God would just help me through those things. So. It's
1: interesting that, that he felt threatened. Right? Threatened to be exposed, his right. wife, kids, what, whatever. Right. Did you ever n- have any idea that you were a threat to him in a no. sense? Because no. I, I would never, I would never think that naturally. Mm. That yeah. my Christian witness to whether it's spouse, which unfortunately I don't have to deal with that, or children, but to someone that I know, you know, yeah. uh, neighbor, friend, coworker I would never have thought that I'm, I'm a threat to them potentially.
3: Mm. But that's how that's how you felt, and I, and I get I it now. I did absolutely, and and you know the turmoil that can happen in a marriage relationship, but also in a father-child relationship, um, uh, parents with parents who are not believers. Right. Uh, they're kinds of, and you know, the thing that you know people know my story generally that I, I did all this investigative work. I looked at the evidence for the resurrection, for the execution of Jesus, the empty tomb, the early accounts, the the eyewitnesses, and so forth. Um, but what they don't know is the other side of the story, which is, I think, the key to everything, which was Leslie praying. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the verse that her mentor gave her.
5: It was Ezekiel 36:26 that says, moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take your stony heart of sin and give you a heart of flesh. And I just prayed that every day once I heard that, that verse and I had my prayer group praying it. And, you know, I just, I just believe God used that. That's
2: in. powerful, Leslie. I mean, I know the number of women in our audience, and the mm-hmm. number of women I talk to every weekend mm-hmm. who, th- who feel very hopeless. Yeah. Right. But I think when we remember that the, the power of prayer, yeah. and that you are aligning yourself with what with God's will. That's yes. right,
5: and His Word. Yeah. And how powerful His Word is. So I just, you know, Lee did that investigation. But I believe that maybe it was what was, was really what responsible. Was, real, yeah. was it
3: prayer or was it the apologetics? Yeah, uh, I, I go for Leslie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he obviously had a hand in both of it. Yeah. yeah. Here's one thing I want to ask you because you talk about women that, and can apply to men as well, who who may be looking for that loved one to have that. Salvation experience and that massive life change, and they just can't see it now. Mm -hmm. It's just too hard to see. Was when he was describing himself as narcissistic, Mm -hmm. a drunk, uh, all these things. I'm thinking, I just can't see that. What difference do you see in him? Have you seen in him since that day? Oh my goodness.
5: Well, (laughs) I mean, he doesn't kick holes in walls anymore. I mean, there's a lot of changes, and of course, they weren't immediate. They were over time, but. When we got married, we were both of the same mindset. We were both living a little rougher than, than we are now, obviously. And so once I became a believer, the way he was living was also kind of making me feel bad for how I had been living. So it caused me to pray even more for him. I just didn't want him to stay in that kind of situation.
3: One of the things that uh, happened uh, after I came to faith and she had prayed that prayer uh, for two years and how God answered that prayer. Because I remember it was November the 8th of 1981 at two in the afternoon when I came to faith. Mm -hmm. And um, over time, as as I was baptized, as I uh, became part of a vibrant church, as I learned to read the Bible with fresh eyes, I learned to pray, as I learned to worship, God began to answer her prayers. And my values and character and morality and worldview all began to change. Mm So much so that our daughter, Allison, who was five years old when I came to faith, who had only known a dad who was absent and angry and kicking holes in walls because I was full of rage, Um, that's all she knew for the first five years of her life. But she started to watch, starting on that day that I came to faith, something's different with dad, something's Mm -hmm. changing with dad, something's new with dad. And she watched for about four or five months. And then one day she came up to Leslie and said, I want God to do for me what he's done for daddy. Uh, mm.
2: Wow. Yeah. And
3: so she saw the difference and she came to faith. And now she's married to a seminary graduate. And she's a novelist who writes and has published uh, fiction oh, that all have the gospel in them. And then our son saw the difference in his sister then and his mom and his dad. He's now a professor of theology. So God has God's rescued our family. He, I, I, I hate to think where oh, we would have ended yeah, up otherwise.
2: Right. What I love about everything you write is that it actually takes me back to the very tenets of our faith Mm. that prayer works that you know that things like that make a difference I'm thinking of some parents who like my son's a junior at Texas A&M and some of his friends who came from Christian homes went to private Christian schools coming home and saying you know what I'm not interested in faith anymore what do you say to parents
3: I get that a lot as well a couple of things I say first of all don't panic and, and the reason is these kids are coming back from school saying, "I'm an, I'm now an atheist," and p- parents freak out. Well. You know, when I was an atheist, it was an embarrassing thing. Nobody talked about it because it was, you know. Nowadays, it's socially not only acceptable, but laudable to be an atheist Trendy, it's yeah. a pride thing. I'm mm-hmm. too smart for all that stuff. So people call themselves atheists. They're probably not really, they're probably just spiritually confused. So I say don't panic, number one. Number two, keep praying for them. Keep praying for opportunities to, um, um, to talk to them about spiritual matters and so forth. Um, I would say, hey, you know, I was watching TV the other day and there was a guy on there and he was an atheist and and full of skepticism. But you know what? He spent two years of his life checking out the evidence and became convinced that it's true. Would Mm -hmm. you be interested in reading that book? (laughs) You know, and see if they'll read it, you know, or there are debates that have taken place that are on YouTube Mm -hmm. uh, that between Christians and atheists that uh, that they can watch. And that might be an easy thing to invite. A young mm-hmm. person to watch together well
2: now, we're running out of time but you have a new book in the in the, I just want to get that out because yeah. I want people yeah. to oh, yeah. know something to You've look been forward reading. to You've been oh, reading. I'm a third yes. of the way into it. it's ah. amazing Thank you. amazing the case for miracles the
3: case for miracles it's uh you know God's involvement his divine intervention in life today that God is still active, he's still in the miracle business, he's still not only changing lives, he's changing circumstances, healing people. Um, And I spent two years of my life researching this book. There are stories in there of God's amazing miracles that he's documented uh, medically. And uh, so I'm I'm thrilled with that. (laughs)
1: Knowing your writing style, I will definitely look (laughs) forward to that and enjoy that. But right now, there's a way that you can be a miracle. You can document yourself as you're a miracle. You truly can make a difference in someone's life. Watch this.
5: I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. God, give him hope. Give him hope in his heart, Lord. Restore his hope.
2: Amen.
4: These families may live on opposite sides of the world, but they share a common pain, the pain of losing a child, because they had no other choice but to drink from contaminated water sources.
5: The first child I lost was my son that died on my back when I was taking him to the clinic. And my second child died here because I could not get her to the clinic. Their symptoms were so bad. Their skin was peeling and their hair was falling out.
4: As long as mothers like Fidesz have no other choice but to collect water from contaminated sources, this common pain, this death cycle, will continue.
5: My other children are scared about the dirty water, but they have no other choice. They pray they will have clean water soon and not die like their brother and sister did.
4: But there is a solution that life outreach has provided to nearly 6,000 villages where there is no longer death, but life. It is pure, clean drinking water flowing from a well that love has drilled. This is what we want to do for Fidesz, her children, and mothers like her around
2: the world. There's so much in that that I don't even know what to say about. As a mother, carrying your child on your back to try and get her to a clinic in time. Notice there's no car, there's no transportation. Literally a mom, weak herself, and probably some kind of disease, carrying her child on her back. And by the time she gets to the clinic, that child is dead. And with the second child, she didn't even get the chance to even try and start out for the clinic because that child died so quickly. I have been in the clinics and watched children with literally their skin peeling off. At one point I asked, why is their hair red? And it was like, because there's no protein in their system. I mean, it was just heartbreaking. And as a mom, I can't even imagine what that's like. I mean, how do you even go to sleep at night when you don't know what tomorrow is gonna bring for your child? But the amazing thing and why I'm so grateful, so profoundly grateful to be part of this ministry is that we work with people in these countries and we've worked out the system of how we can go into a village, we can, for $4,800, we can drill a well. That well will last for 70 years. It literally is water for life. And if you saw the difference, when you see their faces the first time that that clean water shoots out the earth, they've never seen clean water in their lives. This is. A desperate situation, but it can be changed. If you and I decide we're on the earth at this point, it's not an accident, and it's our privilege, it's not something we have to do because we're believers, it's a holy privilege that we get to reach out and say, you know what, we're going to change this. I mean, there's really, it doesn't take that much, Randy. I mean, even $48 will give clean water.
1: Yeah, for 10 people for a life, it, it's, it's almost ridiculous how simple it is to solve this problem. And, and I gotta tell you, if we didn't have a solution for this, it would be very hard to cope with because Sheila, I, I, you've been there, yeah. I've been there, I have stood over graves of children uh, because they had, had one water source and it was polluted. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough stuff. I mean, it's, it's rough out there. But the good news is, it's a very easy problem to fix and you're the solution. That's why we wanna invite you to join us in giving water for a life, for a lifetime in most cases, and definitely for a better life in all cases, a healthier life. And we always give it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, so you're not just giving water that they'll drink and they'll be well, but you're helping to share that living water who can make them well for eternity. So go to the phones, go online, Give the best gift you can and join us as we share Water for Life around the world.
0: Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink dirty, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today you can help end the suffering, because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in over 15 nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people, a gift of $48 will help provide for 10, $72 will provide for 15 people, and $144 will help provide fresh, life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the riches of Christ, what true prosperity looks like, filled with wisdom, prayers, and scripture. James Robison adds insight from what God has shown him about finding contentment in the Father's provision for your life. With your gift of $100 or more, please request the Children of the World Storybook Bible. This easy-to-read Bible features colorful art by children from nearly 50 countries around the world. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the Bridge of Faith frame canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online.
2: Thank you so much. If the phones are busy, keep calling. It makes a difference. If you haven't seen the movie, um, The Case for Christ, you need to. If you have a friend who's struggling with her faith or maybe antagonistic, The Case for Christ is brilliant.
1: One of the best. And if you are struggling today with someone close to you who is a spiritual mismatch, when you support the outreach today, the the water wells, just request Lesson Lee's book, Virtual Mismatch, we'd love to send it to you as you support the Outreaches of Life. Would you thank Les and Lee Strobel for being with thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank,
2: you. thank you. thank you so much for being with us. Remember, if you need help, we're here for you too. God bless you. See you next time on Life Today.
0: If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, come be a part of the Life Today studio audience. Call or email today to reserve your tickets. You'll be inspired and entertained. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.